No, not this again. Three, two, one. Pikachu! Welcome to episode 7 of Gotta Catch Him Again, a Pokemon Rewatch podcast, where some grown-ass people get together to break down a different episode of the Pokemon TV series each and every week, starting from the very first episode of Indigo. Today we're watching season 1, episode 6, Clefairy and the Moonstone. My name is Paul, and I'm joined today, as always, by Spencer. Go ahead and say something to our just stunningly well-composed audience. Hello, stunning audience. Uh, good to be here again, as always. Looking forward to this episode. I mean, uh, Clefairy and the Moonstone... I think that's maybe a little spoiler of what kind of Pokemon we're going to see in this episode, but uh, hey, I'm looking forward to it yeah, anyway. Sandshrew. Yeah, definitely Sandshrew in this episode. Yeah, all the way. Maybe some Paris, too. Maybe some Paris, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Just just judging by the title, though. Yeah. Know, oh, yeah, just, yeah, just, yeah. Just, yeah. For sure. So, um, yeah. So before we get into that, um, I guess we'll just dive right into our weekly Pokemon Go update. Um, I don't have a whole bunch of information. Hey, can you send me a gift? I think I did already. I think I sent you one, did like... You? 10, 15, 20 minutes ago before we started this. Okay, then I probably didn't. Okay, yep, then I didn't know about it. Okay, perfect. So we have gifts to open to. Look at that. It's almost like we know what we're doing. Yeah, sometimes. We can pretend anyway. So, uh, yeah, we can pretend. Like, we, we, we only play organized individuals on podcasts. Um, So I think my top three is probably going to look a lot like it did last week because I'm starting to plateau to that place where there's going to be a, not much change all the time for me for a little bit. Um, until I start catching, like, really, really big stuff. But my, um, my top Pokemon is still a Dawn fan. I think that was the case last week at 2029. A Rhydon that's 1804, but I've added a Jolteon. Ooh. I know. Which I evolved myself. Did you do it using the trick? What's the trick? You don't know. You can, uh, name your <gasps> Eevees, uh, specific things. Pyro for, and it'll evolve into a Flareon. And Rainer will evolve into a Vaporeon. Sparky will evolve into a Jolteon. What? I... You can only do it once okay. per um, evolution, or evolution, I believe, but... So, I'm sure everybody that's listening to this probably knew that a really long time ago. At least anyone that's listening um, to this that plays Pokemon Go. Well... Yeah, and I bet that's a really big chunk of our audience. Um, so, oh, good lord. Uh, I didn't know that. Now that you say it, I kind of remember that because I think that was the case from the very beginning, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So There's more I have to that, no ex- too. Is there? Okay, well, hang on. I have no excuse not to know that. What? There's no reason I shouldn't have known that, but I didn't know that. I just did it organically, and I got a Jolteon. So, okay, what, 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 what more to it? I was just gonna say, there's other evolutions uh, down the road that you can do that with as well. Okay, I might know about that because I evolved something, and I'm not looking at my Pokemon Go right now, and it's a different generation, so I have no idea what it is. But I evolved it, and it too counts on my Eevee candy, and that's how I realized. Wait, you're an evolution of Eve. V, um, and that one was, um, a, it's like a black and white, kind of looks like a jackal. Like an uh, not Umbreon black and white, black and yellow. Yeah, Umbreon? Umbreon, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got one of those, is that what you mean? Yeah, there's a way to make it an Umbreon, and there's a way to make an Espeon as well, which is same gen, only it's like a pink one. Wow, I know about none of this. Okay, oh well. It's okay, you're still level uh, 22 or something there, I don't know. Yeah, I think I'm still level 22. Looks Thank like you're you. close. 
that helped with the next part of my uh oh did i steal your uh... <laughs> no it's all good it's all good um the only other thing i've really done um just talking methodology and stuff like that i i didn't have a really good um water type pokemon so every time I went into any situation with the gym or even the Team Rocket battles or anything, I was very underprepared for anything that was um, weak to water. So uh, I've been collecting Shelter like nobody's business, and I finally decided to evolve a uh, Cloister, and I got a 1560 Cloister. So it's not much, but I mean, it makes him like my fourth or fifth most powerful Pokemon, okay. and at least he's an element that I needed, so yeah. Not bad. Uh, so yeah, that's something that I went ahead and did. Um, so yeah, I guess gifts. Let's do question it. mark or where are you at? What what have you been doing with your Pokemon <sighs> Go? Well, uh, still level thirty six. Still all the same high level Pokemon. You know, it doesn't change much at these levels. Um, yeah. I I am ro- walking a Ralts now. Mm. I don't know. I can't remember if I was doing that last week or not. But uh, fairly recently, I started walking a Ralts here. Okay. Trying to get that candy up so I can uh, evolve it. I do have the second stage. I just don't have the third stage, which is, I think it's like a Gardor of War or something like that. Ooh. I don't know. Okay. You know. Sounds menacing. I'm actually walking a Rhydon now. I was walking a, a Charmander before. Okay. So I never mentioned. I never thought to mention that. That's a good point. Yeah. We've never talked about that before. Um. So gifts. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. You should open yours. I might have to delete some items. <laughs> okay, sounds good. And I got mine up already, so. Okay. All right, so I'm opening. I got it from a box of giraffes. You like that one, do you? <laughs> what the hell? Okay. <laughs> Greetings from box of giraffes. You're welcome. Okay, that, that, thank you. That's my new band name. Box um, of giraffes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so opening it up, I got... Two pineapple berries, I got three pokeballs, I got one ultra ball, and our friendship level increased. Always good. Yeah, yeah. Well, our friendship won't level won't increase when I open this gift, but that's okay. Oh, okay. I think it only goes up one per day maximum. Oh, that sucks. There's a Rhydon in my living room. <laughs> well, you better catch him. Rhyhorn. Rhyhorn. You better catch him, get that candy. I know, I want that. Alright, I just opened mine, see what I got. Okay. Alright, I got one max potion, two great balls, and a hundred stardust. Okay, could have been worse. Yeah, not too bad. That's not a bad, bad little bounty, yeah. I think that, um, we've had way worse on here before, so. Yeah, I had one where I just got, what was it, a hundred stardust or something, that was it? I don't know. Yeah, it was just one thing, and it was not one good thing. Or, uh, one where I discarded, like, 20 pokeballs and got three pokeballs back. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, I got my, I got, I caught the Rhyhorn, he was a 705, I'm up to 29 Rhyhorn candy, I'm trying to get to 100. Must be nice, catching Pokemon at your house. I know, it (laughs) is, it's crazy. I could, I could like log in once every two hours or so, and have a Pokemon, just anywhere in my house. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Nice. So, I'm grateful for the time being, until they take away Pokestops on me. They should add some for me. I yeah, still got to get my sister down here. Wink, wink. I know she's listened to yeah. some of our podcasts. So maybe she'll yeah, hear this no and doubt. come come get me some Pokestops with her level 40 account. There we go. Hashtag Spencer needs stops. No, stops go. for Spencer. There you go. There you go. There you go. Perfect. Hashtag stops for Spencer. Yeah. Um, we'll get the whole internet to guilt her into coming and getting you a Pokestop. 
Start. It, 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 it just takes one. Start that train. Yep. Start that snowball, you know. No All doubt. Right. No doubt. Okay, so, well, that was that was, that was was thrilling um, and exciting. Oh, yeah. Uh, last week I bitched about eggs. Um, mm. Where the fact that every time I hatch an egg, it's just something horrible. Like, it's just like, it's just like an 80 weedle or something. Like, it's just something stupid every single time I hatch an egg. And like you said, your better eggs should give you better stuff. Like, your bigger eggs should give you better stuff. And I'm like, I know, you're preaching through the choir. I can't get a break. Um... So, recently, though, I hatched an egg, and it was either a 2 or a 5k. Um, I think it was a 2k. Um, and it gave me, uh, oh, I wish I had my phone here still. It gave me a scyther that was, like, 1050, I think. Okay. Out of just a little egg. Not bad. So, no, 1525, pardon me. Nice. So, I hatched a 1525... Scyther out of like a 2k maximum 5k egg so nice. now nothing makes sense so just always do the small eggs apparently i guess i don't know nothing makes sense anymore now so that's the biggest pokemon by about a thousand that i've ever hatched and okay. it came from just it didn't even come from a 10k so. yeah like, well i got a 7k on the go right now maybe i'll get something decent from that yeah yeah Okay, well, good luck with that. Um, I don't think I have anything that's, except for that, that's uh, totally standard Pokemon Go stuff that Paul is only net just now grasping. Uh, I think I'm okay on that. I think we covered a lot of that. Um, e- the e- uh, Eevee's evolution would go under that 100%. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think we need to address that segment today, which means that that brings us to the episode. So Woo-hoo. what episode great did you give it today? All right, uh, so I gave it a B, straight out B. You gave it a straight out B, okay? Okay, I came close to doing something similar. I gave it a C minus. Okay. Uh, actually, I gave it a C. My bad. I'm changing one of these days we'll have the same rating. Yeah, one of these days we'll have the same rating. I feel like my um, ratings are always higher. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm too yeah, generous with these. You swing wider than like my. I'm too I generous. Kind of within a yeah. couple. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, I mean, I'll kind of run down why I gave it a C, and you can tell me if that's sort of the same stuff you were feeling. Um, it wasn't the worst episode, but there were some things that bothered me about it. Um, I, I, the fact that it pretty much stood alone, like, I'm going to talk about the things that bothered me, but I could have gotten over those, maybe. But the fact that it was such a standalone episode, the stakes mm. just all around felt too low for me to overlook the stuff I didn't like. Fair. Fair. So, uh, so what about your grade, the reasoning? Well, I like that. Uh, I kind of—it's almost like the opposite of what you're saying. I kind of like that we're moving forward here. We're going through Mount Moon, but I kind of get what you're saying—that it is also a standalone too. Mm-hmm. But we are still progressing the story. Like, remember, it took us like what was it, three, four episodes to get through Viridian Forest here. So <laughs> the fact that we're actually moving somewhere new and we're not still, you know, back in um, Pewter City is. It's kind of like, okay, we're actually progressing through the series here, but... Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, <laughs> all right. All right. Well, let's see if the, anything about talking this out uh, helps us change our grades. Maybe mine will get more generous. Maybe we'll wind up with the same grade. I'll go down one, you'll go up, come up one, and we'll be somewhere in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, this week's episode, as we already said, is called... Um, it was directed by Masamitsu Hidaka, um, with the voice dub director over here being Fred Butter. 
Uh, it was written by Atsuhiro Tem- Tomioka. Um, and this is the first time that we're seeing him write an episode. And keep that in mind as we go through. Um, because, uh, yeah. Uh, they've been changing. <laughs> yeah, they've been changing up this, the people who write the screenplay quite a fair bit. And um, he's a new one for us. So we'll see if that has any effect or bias. Um, the original air date in Japan was May 6th, 1997. Um, it originally aired in the United States with the English dubs on September 15th, 1998. Um, and in Japan, this episode was actually originally called Pippi and the Moonstone. So, um, and there's a few changes to this episode that were made, and we'll hit on those as we kind of go like, along. Like, uh, whoever Pippi is? <laughs> yeah, like whoever Pippi is, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, just a little bit of a recap, uh. Last week, Ash, Misty, and Pikachu rolled into Pewter City and tried to take on a local gym leader with daddy issues. Ash, or more accurately, Pikachu, got schooled, so Ash hooked him up to a hydroelectric dam, and they ran on a water mill to supercharge him. Am I having a stroke, or is Ash just Superman now? I don't know. Anyways, Ash straight up cheats to enhance his Pikachu before heading back to see Brock and his ten siblings. Seriously, for a guy who wasn't around much, his father managed to come home to make babies way too often. Ash straight up bullies Brock's onyx before cheating again with the help of a sprinkler system. Uh, Brock sees all this and decided that Ash is, well, a pretty swell guy. So he not only gives him a gym badge, but he also becomes part of their roving gang of highly advanced 10-year-old children. Hey, Brock's 15 to be fair. Yeah, I know, which makes it kind of, I mean, okay, he's 15, so that's, I guess that's okay, but it adds a weird dynamic to him running around with all these 10-year-old kids. Sure. Because right now, Misty is still 10, isn't she? Or did we find out she's 12? Or she doesn't age yet? I don't know. Mm-hmm. She's still 10 as far as I know. Devoted listeners will know. Um, so yeah, so as you mentioned earlier, the crew's finally out of Pewter City and uh, hiking toward Mount Moon. So we find out that according to legend, a meteor called the Moonstone crashed into this mountain years ago. Just then, they hear somebody scream, and we see a guy being swarmed by Zubats. Uh, so then we get a Pokedex entry, of course. Dexter, analyze! Zubat, flying Pokemon with supersonic powers. Zubat live in caves and hate to fly outside in daylight. And we learn that Zubat are um, nocturnal Pokemon. Uh, flying nocturnal Pokemon. Uh, next, Ash tells Pikachu to use Thundershock to kind of rescue the guy. And it is dramatic AF given the circumstances. Um, he So I get, he, like, jumps off Ash's head, and we get him going, like, we just get this long Pikachu, and I'll probably insert it in there, but he just, like, bounds off of Ash's head with this Pika, and then there's this beep before he hits the... Choo! And it's just, like, they poured a lot of intensity into this scene a minute and 41 seconds into the episode. <laughs> yeah, and we do see, like, you know, like you said, all these Zubat just get destroyed. Uh, by Pikachu, and you know they save this guy, and like he's all happy. He's like, "Oh, thank you, whatever, for helping save me." And um, Pikachu decides to shock them too. I don't know, you know, it's Pikachu, whatever. Um, yeah, because he was but, getting squished, I think. Uh, yeah, because they're all like hugging or something. Yeah, I don't they know have what like a group hug situation or something, and and Pikachu gets stuck in the middle, and he gets like perturbed and zaps everybody. Because but you know it's Pikachu. Fairness- yeah, I was going to say, in fairness, that whole big dramatic thun- Thundershock thing, he does zap the Zubats visually, but they just fly away again. Yeah. Like, they seem more spooked by it than really anything. Yeah, they fly back into this cave or back into the mountain. 
Um, but yeah, so we get to meet this new character named Professor Seymour, he called, introduced himself as like a the scientist or something, and he, he talks in rhymes to begin, like this guy's like a weird dude or something, you know? I don't know if you caught on to that, he's just talking in rhymes and stuff. Like, yeah. I'm so moved, such friendship I thought I'd never see when the Zubat began attacking me. I thought I was done for when who should arrive to heroes thanks to whom I'm alive. I'm alive! Thank you so much! Thank you! And he's just overly in, in sector, in set, ugh, I can't speak, but, uh... It's all good! <laughs> <laughs> um, no, at the it, moment, he's still talking in rhymes. Yeah, he's Seymour the Scientist. Yeah, and I, I don't know how old this guy's supposed to be, because he looks bigger, but... He's also like crying like he's this big baby, but he's also yeah, I'm a scientist, I'm so cool, I like it, I'm I'm awesome, I'm here to study Pokemon, whatever. And then so he announces his guiding virtues, all like kind of Power Rangers style by just speaking them into thin air. Um he did do you remember that? He does this whole like just shouting things out bit. Um and he's like knowledge and research. I'm Seymour the Scientist. Like, yeah. My name's Seymour. Seymour the Scientist. Knowledge. Research. I'm Seymour the Scientist. But but in the original Japanese version, um, it wasn't uh, any version of knowledge and research. His virtues were actually love and courage. And as he said, each word had appeared in the air behind him. So in the English dub, they changed the words for, I don't know exactly, maybe to just jive more with the fact, like, to push home that he was a scientist. Um, and they never replaced the words in the air. When they reanimated the scene, they never put the words back in behind them. Mm, interesting. Okay. So, yeah. But yeah, so uh, we continue on. Uh, Seymour takes us into the cave and explains that there's been problems going on in this cave. Like, there's issues um, he's like, oh no, uh, someone's been hanging up all these lights in this cave and it's confusing all the Pokemon because, you know, apparently, I mean, Mount Moon is in the middle of a mountain underground. It's supposed to be dark. So all the Pokemon here are supposed to be, you know, are used to living in the dark. And the fact that all these lights are strung up, they're getting all confused, having a hard time. So he takes us through and shows us a couple of Pokemon, you know, uh, look, there's Paris planting their mushrooms everywhere. <laughs> As we may have hinted earlier, and uh, Sandshrew are drying up because of the light. Apparently, light makes them dry up. Yeah, yeah I didn't I don't even know. realize that earlier when we did that whole bit about Sandshrew and Paris. I didn't even remember that they were actually in here. That's just such a happy coincidence. Yeah, it was just um, a brief second there and there too, but like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those Paris pulling the mushroom off of their back trips me out i don't like what did you think of that scene like is that something you thought a paris would do when stressed like i didn't ever i didn't consider that no like why would a paris pull this bulb or mushroom off of its back i know like, it's when part I of it right isn't it i know exactly yeah when i imagine the anatomy of a pokemon i like think those mushrooms as being like kind of a flesh and blood part of their body yeah it's like are you pulling your arm or your leg off to stick it in the ground yeah. like no <laughs> to whack somebody exactly. like what i am so weirded out by that i wasn't prepared to see them tearing themselves apart like that <laughs> those poor paris right I you said is it like tearing off an arm or a leg and I I think I I wrote in the notes here this is literally like someone walking back and forth and tearing off their own toenails. <laughs> yeah, like oh. So, it doesn't sound fun. Yeah, no. But uh so, yeah. 
No, Shrivel Sanchu, continue. <laughs> yeah, we continue. We continue through this cave a little bit, and uh, we start to learn what what it's all about. And he's, uh, Seymour is saying that it's he thinks it's because of the moonstone, and he tells us, you know, our heroes are like, what's a moonstone kind of ideal? The moonstone is an awesome boulder, a million years old or even older. Deep in these caves, the meteor hides, though no explorer has found the place of the legendary rock from space. We've studied its fragments for many an hour, and discovered it increases a Pokemon's power. And that is why the attackers are here. They've come to take the Moonstone, or so I fear. And, uh, he's, he's like, goes to explain how this Moonstone is some awesome boulder. It's like a million years or older. Nobody really knows. It's deep in the caves. No one has even found it or seen it. But he believes it's here, and it comes from space, because there's... Apparently, rock fragments that they find in this cave of this moonstone. Just little tiny bits of rock. And apparently, these fragments help power up Pokemon or make them... Increases their strength. Something like that. And he thinks this is why the people are lighting up the cave or attackers. They're coming to try and steal this moonstone or find it. So they can power up their own Pokemon. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he goes on to say like he how he believes Pokemon come from outer space. And like the moonstone was like... <laughs> did you see that, that scene? It's like... He's picturing the Moonstone like it was a rocket ship or something. And all yeah. these Pokemon <laughs> come live in it, and that's where all the Pokemon in the world come from or something. <laughs> Which is really bizarre, but okay. Yeah, I think... I mean, I guess. They're kind of weird. Yeah, I think Misty or someone even said something about it, like, uh, that's one theory, or that's a unique theory, or something like that. Yeah, hang on to that thought, because there's something else at the end where that's going to be kind of prevalent. I forgot about that. That's true. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so admits, you know, our crazy, rhyming, weird Professor Seymour that we don't really understand is <laughs> talking to them about this. All of a sudden, a Clefairy walks by or starts jumping through the cave. We see a Clefairy with a, holding a moonstone, just doing its thing. Just like, oh, mm. a little piece of moonstone. And then, um, then Brock delivers a line really awkwardly, I think, um, and he's just like, that looks like a Clefairy. Might, um, he almost... <sighs> Like, when he says it, he almost sounds like the Pokedex, is what I have here. <laughs> okay, and like, like he's playing the role of the Pokedex all of a sudden or something? Yeah, like, kind of, like, he's just very monotone and very, like, not, like, Brock generally has a little bit of that macho-ness to him. He just doesn't have any of that. I'll insert it here, because it's been a little while. That looks like a Clefairy. Yeah, for, for the people listening to this... We I made notes for this episode over the course of like a week. So there's scenes where I don't exactly remember what I saw. I just have my notes to go on. So it could get kind of weird at times. Yeah, we uh, had some trouble or, you know, getting a show recorded last week. So we ended up skipping a week to get this one done. But uh... Yeah, yeah, so. That's all right. So yeah, so anyway, so when I'm looking at my notes, I made some of these a really, really long time ago. <laughs> By a really long time ago, he means like four days. No, I don't know. Yeah, like like maybe five, six days ago. Like okay. so long ago, then like I don't know what I was talking about when I wrote that, but you know. That's um, fine. Yeah. Um, we find out. So we've seen a Clefairy now. Clefairy. This impish Pokemon is friendly and peaceful. It is believed to live inside Mount Moon, although very few have ever been seen by humans. And of course, Ash needs to catch everything he lays his eyes on. Um, so now he's all excited. He's going to catch it. Um, but Seymour stops him, and he explains, um, that the Clefairy, it, it's better for them just to stay in the cave, even though he kind of gives, like, a half-ass explanation. 
Ash just kind of accepts it and moves on. You know, he's Ted. He's just going to believe or accept anything anyone sells him anyway. Yeah, pretty much. Then we see um, the Clefairy running around a little bit more. Um, and then it's Meowth, I think. Then we just see Meowth. Yeah, he's um, like cornered ex- it or something. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, he becomes cornered by Meowth. Um, but it's not exactly clear why the rest of Team Rocket isn't there, I don't think. It's kind of weird. It's like, why is Um, Meowth here by himself? Yeah, but we get a cute little scene of Pikachu and Clefairy just getting to know each other. Um, I think that's the next thing that happens, isn't it? Yeah, briefly. Um, it shows them briefly talking to each other, and then all of a sudden our famous Team Rocket comes in, and, you know, they do their their whole spiel where they, they say, you know, their whole whatever... And, uh, after that, like, Ash is like, don't you guys ever get tired of saying the same thing all the time? And to Ash saying it, their response is just like, oh, you're just jealous that we won't let you be a part of Team Rocket or something. Yeah, where did that come from? I don't know, just like, all of a sudden they're like, yeah, you won't join, we won't let you join Team Rocket, so you're just jealous that we say Mm -hmm. this over, like... How big of egos do these people have in Team Rocket, first of all? Like, to say something like that? Who, why would they be jealous that they're not letting them become Pokemon thieves or criminals? Yeah, I know. That is so bizarre. I, 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 yeah. Are they, like, some kind of narcissists? Like, what is going on here? Uh-huh. I don't know. I also noticed there's a weird moment when they... Um, this is super bizarre, but I remember this. And I swore I took a picture of it. And I was hoping to send it to you in Discord while we were doing this, but I can't figure out... <gasps> there it is. I found it. Oh my god, I'm so way too excited about this. Okay. Okay, I'm scared and I'm excited to, at the same time. I'm going to send you something here. Um, I can edit out this little bit of silence, but it's worth it for you to see this while we're recording this. Meanwhile um, in the podcast. Yeah, meanwhile in podcast land. Right. So... When Team Rocket appears, we get this moment where they pan up both of their bodies from feet to head. And for some reason, James has an unnecessarily and badly placed bulge. Yeah. This, like, this wasn't a wardrobe malfunction. Somebody dead ass drew him this way. A signal went from their brain to their hand to move the pencil over a little bit to make that bulge. Why? How did you even (laughs) notice this watching and, like, enough to get the screenshot and everything? Oh, man. I know, but still. What? Why is that like that? I I don't know. I couldn't let that go, James. Like, what? The actual fuck. So, we'll, I'll post, I'll post this on, on the Facebook page uh, when this episode comes out. I don't, it's, it's deeply disconcerting. I don't know why, but James is, like, apparently packing some shit in those Team Rocket trousers. Mm, Maybe Um, you're onto something here. You found, uh, found something out about Team Rocket that none of us wish we knew. I, I, yeah, something I wish I didn't know now. Yeah. So, um, that's, that, I couldn't leave that alone. I'm just so glad I found the screenshot to send you. Uh, <laughs> this time, um, after they give their little Team Rocket bit, we also get Meowth That's Right at the end. Yeah. And I think this is the first time that's actually cohesive. And it, it sticks, too. And it sticks. Yeah. That becomes so. the Team Rocket thing, right? Like, Meowth always yeah. sums at the end. Meowth That's Right. Right. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, Team Rock is going to get a lot of things figured out during this episode, and we'll talk about that as we go. 
Um, but yeah, so like you said, um, Ash is apparently jealous. He can't join Team Rocket, whatever that's about. Um, they lay out their whole plan about wanting to steal the Moonstone and use it to power up their Pokemon. Um, now, this is interesting because I don't know if you noticed this. A couple episodes ago, I think it is the um, Pokemon Emergency episode, I think, yeah. um, is where Team Rocket realizes that Pikachu is really powerful and they set their sights on stealing him. But here we have an episode where they've totally forgotten about stealing Pikachu and instead they're more interested in stealing the Moonstone. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Like, I mean, Pikachu's right there. They could steal him too. Yeah, like short attention span much. Why don't um, they just take both? I don't know. Yeah, I know. So I was kind of weirded out by the fact that they totally neglected that. And again, with this, the fact that we have another, um, we have somebody who we haven't had write an episode before. Yeah, that could be um, part of it, yeah. In charge of this, and I'm wondering how much of an effect that's, that's having. Um, so yeah, Ash is basically just like, get lost. Um, and then he actually gets like, I, th- I think he just, like, he turns to Misty. I'm trying to interpret my notes as I say this. Sorry about that. But he turns to Misty and tells her to keep an eye on Seymour and Clefairy and to make a run for it when she sees an opening. Um, this is, like, really kind of bare bones and strategic for Pokemon. Like, it's not just, like, a flat-out battle. Like, he's, like, telling Misty, like, we're just going to distract them kind of deal. Um, but, so, anyways, we get a battle now for a couple seconds. Uh, Team Rocket, of course, call out Ekans and Coughing. Uh, Ash calls Butterfree, but then to even out the score, Brock calls a Zubat yeah. out of nowhere. This is we weird. Found out, yeah, I know. And we find out that Brock captured it on the way into the cave. Where and was that Ash, scene? Yeah, I know, right? And Ash is just like filled with regret because he didn't do the same thing. But wouldn't Seymour, like, Seymour wouldn't have been down with that. Like, Ash tried, excuse me, Ash tried to catch the... Clefairy and got in trouble for it because he belongs in the cave. So how is Brock like? It's fine for him to just steal one of the Zubat. And where did this come from? We didn't see it as an audience. I mean, Ash didn't even see it, and he was beside him. When did he get this? Did he just like Pikachu zapped him and like Brock threw a Pokeball at a Zubat when no one was looking? Like, how does nobody aware of this? Is what I'm. Yeah, concerned. because we saw them retreat back into the cave. Yeah. You're right. So, what, which Zubat did he catch? Did one, like, fall to the ground and he's just like, oh, I'm going to catch this. And if it did, like, if it was injured enough that he could just throw a Pokeball and catch it, how is it all of a sudden good enough to fight in this cave against Ekans and Coughing? Yes. Like, so, that yeah. makes no sense. Like, did he catch a healthy one? Because then all of a sudden now we're playing Pokemon Go again, where you don't actually have to battle the Pokemon, even though that was established so earlier. So, there's just some something missing, like, uh, a blank slate, or not like a blank slate, but like a, a piece of information they didn't include in this episode. That's just kind of yeah. throws us off for a loop. I mean, we're supposed to assume like, okay, yeah, he caught it there. It's been long enough. We're not really analyzing it. If we were watching the show, we probably wouldn't catch it necessarily. But mm-hmm. the fact that we are analyzing it, it just leaves a bunch of question marks. Like, why? And I wonder if that's... Um, I, like, I'm kind of blanking on what I was going to say, but I wonder if that's sloppy... Or if it's an excluded scene, if it's a deleted scene. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, I wonder if that's something being sloppy or if that's they wrote too big of an episode. Yeah. And just they took that out without thinking. Something they could take for granted or something. Just like, ah, oh, throw it in there to give Brock a new Pokemon or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. Something that'll um, help the scene out or whatever. Yeah. 
I don't know. That's very strange. And I got another... I got a... I have a little bit of a rant with Brock later, so we'll get to that. But very much along the same lines. And again, we're already having a lot of problems with the writing in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so the battle begins proper, and James calls on coughing to use smog attack. Um, he does so, and then... Because... Um, uh, Ash tells Butterfree to use Whirlwind, and Brock calls on Zubat to, uh, to quote, double team... So, I don't know if that's a thing, but we've never seen them do that before. Um, is that a thing in the TCG or Game Boy games that you remember? Yeah, yeah I it believe is? so, yeah. Okay, so that explains a lot, and that's why I don't know. Um, but, so they do, they double team, and they push back the smog attack. Misty takes Seymour and tries to escape with Clefairy. Um, at the same time, Ekans lunges up and just clamps down on Butterfree. Pretty graphically, Butterfree. if you ask me. Um, Poor Butterfree. That's mo- yeah. That's more physical violence than we normally get from this show. It's not magic. He, like, just... He bites his torso. Like, that's it. Like, he just... Um... I wasn't expecting that. But, anyways. So, then we get a quick shot of Meowth sneaking around in the background. Uh, back to Brock. He tells Zubat to use Supersonic. Um, he does so, and Ekans and Coughing become confused and wind up just attacking each other. Which, I guess, cool. Um, that Ash works. Op- yeah, I mean, got the job done. Ash sees an opportunity and tells Butterfree to use Whirlwind to blow Team Rocket out of the cave. And oh my god, I've been waiting for this so long. Because Team Rocket finally says, um, it looks like, oh no, it's time Team Rocket blasted off. So we're getting closer and closer to them having the solid outro phase. I wonder if this all has to do with that new writer you're talking about. Because we're getting uh, that Meowth that's right fleshed out. We're getting the Team Rocket blasted off flushed out yeah like i think it's just something the new writer brought in and it's gonna be flushed out for the, the remainder of the series no doubt that's fair enough uh he brought a lot to team rocket i'm realizing that as we go through this he brought a lot to team rocket in this episode even where he fell off on some other stuff um but then the uh they're like hang on a second aren't we forgetting something is that where we are here no uh team rocket's defeated but we're only eight minutes since the episode so now we have brock and ash having this high five moment about teamwork and stuff it's just kind of really hokey um but then meowth was sneaking around earlier um and we don't know what he was doing that was just a quick little scene um so we see that misty and seymour have caught up with clefairy and it's running away but meowth's catching up to them um and uh, and so go ahead. Do you want to take it from here? Because my notes are a little bit frantic at this point. Uh, yeah, sure. So like you were saying, um, they're Misty and Seymour are like climbing up this rock face or something to try and catch up to Clefairy, who's bouncing away with the moonstone oh, yeah, in hand. Uh, and then she or he runs into the Meowth on like this bridge, and you know the Clefairy does the only sane thing apparently it can do and jumps off this cliff. And looking like it's about to commit suicide or something. Yeah. <laughs> but in doing so, it hits uh, Misty in the head, knocks her off the wall she was climbing up, and she in turn knocks Seymour, and they all fall under the water. And Meowth somehow jumps down this giant cliff in no time flat, un- unharmed. And he's like, and the, you know, Seymour begs, like, oh, can you please let this Clefairy go? Or, you know, be nice. And Meowth's like, oh, not a chance. You know, I'm here to take this moonstone and everything. And we finally get our first view that Misty is maybe actually more than just this 10-year-old girl, that she actually might have some competence to her in Pokemon battling. Because yeah. uh, she calls out one of her Pokemon, which is a Staryu. 
and she quickly disposes of Meowth with a couple of moves from her star use. She, it, uh, she has it use Swift Attack, and then Water Gun. The Water Gun just, this is hilarious, the Water Gun just bloats Meowth up like a water balloon. And just, yeah. <laughs> and he goes flying off, and then she recalls Staryu. Of course, Ash doesn't see any of this, so Ash, as far as us as the audience is concerned, as far as Ash is concerned, they don't. He doesn't really know Misty's like a competent Pokemon trainer at the moment. Um, yeah, fair. Yeah. And we we may find out more of that down the road, or he will eventually, I'm sure, find out that she can handle Pokemon. But um, for now. We don't know. She just says, like, oh, Meowth won't be bothering us anymore. Thanks to me, Misty the Mighty, or something like that. So Yeah, it's so cringy. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was weird. We won't be bothered by Meowth anymore. Thanks to Misty the Mighty. Um, but then there's, it, there's, there's that, and then there's when she inflates uh, Meowth, and he flies away, and she says, um, bye, Meowth. Have a nice rip. Oh, yeah. Kill me now. Okay, go ahead. There's a bunch of these kind of quotes that are we're going to come across throughout, like, the C- series, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, they're going to have some of those fake funny puns. And I'm sure I'm going to use them as quotes, too. But uh, Oh, yeah. So, oh, they make oh. for good quote quote of the weeks and stuff. They do. Or quote of the they episodes. Do. Okay, so so if I may interject yes, for a yes. moment. We're at the campfire now. Now so, I have All of a sudden it's dark say. and they haven't moved anywhere. Yes, this too. But now I have some things to say. So, I need to take a sip of water. I need to brace myself for this. Because this, this is, intense. Okay. is my least favorite scene. In all of Pokemon so far. Okay. So, we cut to the crew sitting around the campfire at night. Um, we see Brock feeding his Zubat something. Ash is like, what's that? Brock tells him, this is Pokemon food, made from my own secret recipe. Then he says, the ingredients are specially blended for each Pokemon. Now I hope you don't have anywhere to be, because I have a lot to say. Okay, so prove me wrong, please. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm missing something. Like I said, I did notes for this in a lot of different parts. I I want to be wrong. I want to have more faith in Pokemon's accountability than I do right now. So we met Brock last week in in Pewter City, in Showdown in Pewter City. We know that he left his 10 siblings to hit the road. We know he's a Pokemon trainer, but at the end of the day, he'd rather be a breeder. Now, I believe... That he makes his own Pokemon food based on all of that. That tracks. Now, I do not believe he's had the chance or the ingredients to make a batch of food since hitting the road. But, let's just say that maybe... Okay, so he brought the ingredients. He knew he was hitting the road. He knew he would have his Pokemon with him. He, He brought the ingredients. Obviously, he did. Because... Pokemon respects us as viewers, and they're not going to treat us like idiots. So, he obviously brought the ingredients. Let's say he used those ingredients to make some fresh-ass, wholesome AF batch of freaking Pokemon Chow the night before. Which I still don't believe. But now he's dealt with the ingredients and the time. I believe that he has Pokemon food. If both those things are true, then he still... Wouldn't have a recipe for Zubat's food. And he definitely wouldn't have had time to make any. Since they were in the cave. But let's go. Let's go. Let's. Are you still with me? I'm with you. Okay. <laughs> let's go one step further. I packed up Let, left town. Let's assume. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't blame you. Let's assume 
that somehow in the time between what we saw before and getting here, that he stopped, he found the ingredients just magically growing on the side of the path. He harvested those ingredients. Yeah, he made the food. Ash would have already known, and we wouldn't have needed that scene of forced exposition. So... Brock does not have food for Zubat. There's no conceivable fucking way that Brock has food for Zubat. Tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. Okay. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How does he have food for Zubat? <laughs> okay, maybe there's some something where some of these Pokemon or a lot of the sa- ingredients are the same. The question also is, how does he know how to make 150 different types of food if they're unique for each Pokemon? Well, exactly. That's what he said. The ingredients are specially blended for each Pokemon. This makes me think that a Golbat has a higher calorie diet than a Zubat. This makes me think that each Pokemon has its own specific needs. Yeah. Because he plays it up like he's some kind of food scientist. And how is he... Eating Butterfree, too. I guess he brought Butterfree food because he knew Ash had a Butterfree. Did he know Ash had a Butterfree? Uh, I guess. He must have. He must have found out off camera or something like that. Because that's even where... Like, Sorry, I'm talking away from my mic. That's probably bad pod... Bad bad pod... Bad Bad podcasting. Neither of us can talk. I'm willing to believe that he stopped and made that food. If I have to believe that. But there's still no way for Zubat. The only thing I could come up with is this... I mean, these Pokemon do have to eat something, right? Like, it's not like Brock is feeding every Pokemon in the world all the time. So these Zubat have to be eating something from this cave, logically speaking, right? Especially because they don't like going out in the light, apparently. Or maybe it's something at dark. So maybe he picks something up inside the cave or just outside the cave that the Zubat eat. Yep. And he blended it with some of his own recipe stuff. And that's, that's how he fine. had the Zubat food. But if he did that... Ash was with him. Yeah. And we don't need this conversation to happen at all. <laughs> but we don't know how uh, attentive Ash is, because remember, he caught the Zubat without Ash even knowing. <laughs> well, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay. Like, we don't know how much Ash actually misses here. <laughs> Apparently, he misses a lot. If, you know, <laughs> the guy standing beside him catches a Zubat in front <laughs> of him, like right beside him, and he doesn't even know it. Like, Okay. I mean, at. I will buy that only on the grounds of the fact that at some point in time they have to pee. Yeah, but <laughs> so Ash maybe was... maybe Ash was just gone when both those things happened. Maybe he was just le- <laughs> against a tree, expelling You're like grasping at straws or something. But like, yeah, like, yeah. Because I don't know how else to have that make any sense. No, if you look at th- the this... habit. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, yeah, this whole thing really confused me too. Like. What, does Brock just carry the food he needs for all 150 Pokemon on him? That's a lot of stuff to be hauling around for in the chance that you run into this random Pokemon. It's like, oh yeah, I've got you know a random bunch of Jolteon food or a random bunch of Electrode food or a random bunch of Paris food, you know, in the hopes that you run into one of these Pokemon. No, I know. I don't. He's got it. I mean, what could he pot? Where could he keep it all? Even if we went with that, I mean, he could have, even yeah. if he carried around 150 kinds of Pokemon. Though I think this was just a really klutzy way of jamming some character development into Brock. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I appreciate that we learn a little bit about Brock, but I think Pokemon as a whole was capable of better. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's what it was, but uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, they were definitely weird. Better. Yeah, and then uh, continue on with this scene too. Uh, we have Seymour try the food, and he's like, "Oh, this is actually pretty good." And then Ash tries it, and is like, "Oh no, this is disgusting." Oh yeah. <laughs> That's so right. yeah. apparently this weird Seymour guy likes his Pokemon food, but uh, Ash doesn't. I imagine it's like eating dog food or cat food or something. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, um, that's what I would think. But, um, yeah, so it goes on. We have Pikachu and Clefairy standing up on this rock having like their own oh. little conversation. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can I say something? <laughs> you may. So, furthermore... He okay. goes on to say, oh, I'll make a batch for Pikachu. Oh, yeah. So, did he fucking straight up make a batch for Zubat while Pikachu sat there and watched? Like, rubbing his little Pikachu tummy is like, not yet, Pikachu. Like, what the, like, what, what, if and he had time to make it for Zubat and Butterfree, how has he never made it for Pikachu? I know, he's like, always... With Ash, he for sure knew Ash had Pikachu. Where we were, uns- we're uncertain if he knew he had Butterfree. I can't remember. Did Butterfree battle Brock at all? Ooh, or it was question. like Pidgeotto. Because wasn't it like Pidgeotto and Pikachu? Yeah, I don't think Butterfree ever did. I can't remember, but for sure. But I think yeah, you're so, right. I think it's just Pidgeotto and, and so. And so it's unclear if he knew that Butterfree even existed. Mm-hmm. But apparently, he has Butterfree food, but not Pikachu food. Oh, I'm so mad at them. <laughs> Yeah. You deserve so much better. I am shook. Okay. So, anyways, I'm sorry. I didn't. You were trying to get us out of that scene. I don't blame you. It's emotionally healthy for me not to think about that scene anymore. <laughs> but I forgot about the whole Pikachu thing, and it enraged me. And here we are. No, no you're good. You're good. Um, food aside, Pokemon food aside, but I do agree with you. It is very confusing and very why. Um. We got Pikachu and Clefairy standing up on this rock, you know, having a little moment, much like how we had Pikachu and Caterpie in a previous episode, you know, standing on the stump, looking up in the sky, you know, sharing a moment. We kind of had this, and then Ash says something like, oh, Pikachu makes friends so easy, which is kind of counterintuitive to what we learned at the very first episode, but okay. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean, he made friends with Caterpie pretty easily, so maybe it's just Pokemon he makes friends with, and he, he doesn't like people or something. Yeah. Although he was always friends with Misty, too. Maybe it's just Ash he never liked. Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> but yeah, then, uh, so Pikachu gets, Pikachu and Clefairy get, you know, our heroes, Ash, Misty, Brock, Seymour to follow them um, up like a hill to some hidden cave or something that's in this mountain mountain area, a cave that apparently no one knows about or has ever found. And they all walk into this cave and they're all like struck in with awe. They're like, oh! <gasps> It's the Moonstone. And there's this giant rock that's sparkling in the middle of the cave. And this cave has a giant opening in it like it's a mini volcano or something. You know, there's no top to this cave mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And Clefairy jumps up here, puts this one tiny little stone that's in place because there's a little a ring of mini stones around this giant stone. And all of a sudden, this one tiny stone makes this big stone light up. And a whole bunch of Clefairy come out of nowhere to gather around the stone. And then they're all, like, dancing around and celebrating. And Seymour says, amazing, these Clefairy formed their very own society. Um, and while all the Clefairy are dancing around, Pikachu and Clefairy have another adorable little chat. I'll never get sick of watching Pikachu have little conversations with other Pokemon. I love it. It makes me feel so much better about that horseshit scene we just came out of earlier. Um, yes. Focus on the happy Pikachu and Clefairy. Yeah. 
So Ash comes up and he's like, hey, Pikachu, what's Clefairy telling you? Then Pikachu begins pantomiming something to Ash. And Ash just stands there <laughs> staring at him. But Seymour assumes that this is something they, like, routinely do. And he's like, you understand that? And Ash, never missing a chance to be cocky little shit, says, of course I do. He's my Pokemon. So then Pikachu starts doing this cute little charades bit. And Ash is translating. See my heavy air quotes. Um, and quote, he says, unquote. Yeah, and he says, the Clefairy collect all these rocks and 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 do the Macarena? So, let's just take a moment to bask in that line for like two seconds. Um, hey, Macarena. Such a wonderfully 90s thing, everything about that. Um, so, if you notice the shot of Pikachu where Ash makes the Macarena reference, um, we don't actually see Ash. We're looking at Pikachu when he says that off camera. So that means that we don't have any lip flap to deal with. Hashtag lip flap. Um, so in Japan around that time, there was a different dance fad. I don't think it's really, it wasn't just around that time, actually. It's more of a traditional thing called the Bond Dance. So the Bond Dance is a celebratory dance that originated in Japan and uh, found widespread popularity in Hawaii, of all places. Um, and nowadays it's a community event that people gather around to like partake in and stuff like that. And, um, so they knew that, so they knew that nothing about the Bond dance would connect with American audiences. So the line was just dubbed as Macarena because it had exploded over here almost exactly one year before this episode came out. Okay. So that's a little bit of history about that. So in the Japanese version, there's obviously no reference to the Macarena. It's, uh, the Bond dance that they reference. So. Didn't know. That's cool. Yeah, Very nice. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So Pikachu, with the aid of some game show sound effects, tells him that he's wrong. Um, and after a little bit of help from Clefairy, it's finally Brock that figures out that Pikachu is explaining. And it turns out that Clefairy pray to the Moonstone. Now, they all but call the Moonstone a deity, but they distinctly, if you notice, never actually called it a god. Yeah. So this was another deliberate decision that was made when they redubbed it. Because in the original Japanese screenplay, the Moonstone is explicitly their god, which gives this a way cultier feeling. Um, that is very culty. So just remember yeah. that as you watch them worship this thing and dance around it. So this rock is their god in the Japanese version. So when it came over here, it's more like um, like a religious symbol or something to them. They pray to the Moonstone, but they never actually ever cross that line. And that was a, a big choice that they had to make and decided to go that way with it. So, Yeah, this Moonstone does give them some sort of powers or something, though. According to the episode, it is it does level up these Pokemon or make them stronger in some mm. way. And that's why it's so... Um, everyone wants it, right? That's why it's so sought after and Team Rocket's trying to steal it. Yeah, and we're going to see some more of what it does here a little bit later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Seymour concludes that Pokemon and humans will ride the Moonstone into space, and um, he's a crazy scientist. Yeah, he's a crazy scientist. Um, he likes to present his dram dramatic moments by making them rhyme. But have you noticed that his rhyming on just day-to-day -day speech isn't really there? Yeah, he just kind of talks most of the rest of the time. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Only in there the beginning and at this kind of part where he did he have his rhymes. Yeah, I was so excited when we met him because I thought everything he said was gonna rhyme. And yeah. I was so disappointed that they shied away from that. Fair. 
but so then we get some Team Rocket. Um, again, Ash and Seymour tell them, like, back off. You're not getting the Moonstone. But Seymour is terrified, and he's literally shaking in his boots. Um, shaking and, in the knees, yeah. Yeah, and he's shaking so hard that his knees are making, like, a maraca sound. Uh, because anime. And Team Rocket basically calls him a wimp. Seymour is scared, but he decides he's going to defend the Clefairy, because that's what he does. And he charges towards Team Rocket. Now, Meowth, I don't know where he's supposed to be standing in this equation that he was able to do this, but he somehow puts his foot out and trips him. Um, and then we get this yeah. obligatory 90s line when Meowth says, Ha ha, have a nice trip. Oh, God. I was waiting for the see you next fall. Yeah, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. <laughs> they didn't think of that yet. That's what... <laughs> it hasn't come out yet, yeah. Yeah. Uh... So Seymour loses his glasses, and he says, okay, this is so dumb, This, but, th- okay, this is dumb of me, I mean, not even the show. So he, do you remember this scene really well, where he loses his glasses? Uh, I wouldn't say really well, but somewhat, okay. Okay, so he, he loses his glasses, and he says, my glasses, I can't see a thing, which is directly followed by Misty saying, oh, Seymour, and she looks so angry, and it just plays off. In my weird, demented mind. Like him saying, I can't see anything. And then her chastising him, saying, see more. Whip my glasses. I can't see a thing. Oh, see more. <laughs> Come on, see more, see more. But it made me laugh way too hard. It's, it's a completely unintentional non-joke. And I'm a flawed person. But I got way too much enjoyment out of that. Hey, nothing wrong. That's what the show's for, right? It's uh, your personal enjoyment anyway. Yeah. It's meant to entertain. So, so um, yeah, so I guess Ash says um, that's not fair, which I mean, okay, but they're here to steal things and all that. So, I mean, all they did was trip somebody who tried to attack them. So I don't really think they're being unfair yet. Yeah, uh, and it's kind of yeah. weird. Like, you would think this guy, Seymour, would know better. Like, if he's old enough that he's already a scientist, why is he, like, charging at a bunch of Team Rocket people who are in their teens? And yeah. like crying after like he gets tripped, like he's acting like he's he's the immature one, whereas Ash is like, okay, we'll handle this properly over a Pokemon match, and like him and Brock, and then they do get into a Pokemon match. I mean, you know, with him and Brock against Team Rocket, mm. Brock calling out his Onyx, and so yeah, uh, no, you're not wrong about Seymour. His his freaking it's so unspecific based on his mentality. Exactly how old this guy's supposed to be. Because like you said, he's a scientist, so he's been doing this for some time. We look at Professor Oak, you know? Yeah. Like, so is is he supposed to be what, like 40s? Like, how old is he supposed to be? And yet, like you said, he acts like an infant most of like, cry, Like, he falls over and then he, like, kind of cries out. And, and we've already figured out the Team Rocket. I don't know exactly, yell at me on Facebook, but, like, I think they're, like, 15 and 19 or something like that. Like, they're older than than our protagonists. So then Seymour would have to be older than them. Yeah. So yeah, no, you're right. That makes no sense. And I haven't, I didn't really mention that a lot anywhere in my notes, but that's a really good point because like, how old is this guy? Yeah. Cause he acts like he's younger than them, which is weird because they're 10. Then there's no way he's a scientist if he's younger. Like his knowledge of the moonstone and everything is like, he's been studying this for a while. He had to, like, what, go to school, get some kind of a Pokemon degree or Moonstone degree or something? Yeah. Like, uh, what? So he's got to be, like, in his 20s at the earliest, you would think, but... 
Yeah, that know. makes no sense. This episode is so all over the place. Yeah, um, I think I might have to lower my grade, actually. Yeah, I don't know. God, mine's already lower than yours, and I might have to lower my grade again. Okay. Well, like you said, we get a Pokemon match. Um, Jesse and James obviously call coughing and Ekans again. Um, and just like that, another, the pa- uh, match begins. Uh, Ash in turn calls Pikachu, and Brock's, Brock calls Onyx. I cannot speak. Brock calls Onyx. Uh, right here we get some epic low frame rate anime stuff that like kind of gave me a big case of the nostalgias and sort of made me want to watch Sailor Moon. Uh, do you know the scene I'm talking about? No. Because it's been a while. Okay, yeah, no. Okay, because Ash is in the middle of calling Pikachu, and I think Pikachu jumps on his head, maybe. Does um, a little shock or something. And then no, but he freezes. On his last word, he says, like, Pikachu, go, or something. His mouth freezes open. He moves out of sync across the background. Brock comes into the scene and superimposes over top of him, moving out of sync with both Ash and the background as he calls Onyx. So we get this crazy, just like all these layers that was such a traditional anime thing of just people moving, you know what I mean, in no distinctive relation to each other. Oh, okay. So you might, you got to go back and see that because you'll see what I mean. Um, yeah, yeah, it, that yeah. Was really, yeah. It, was, it was a really cool scene. That stood out and it was something I made a note of. Um, so the four Pokemon emerged. Uh, the Clefri look absolutely par- scared at this point. Uh, they're trembling like Seymour. Um, but anyways, they so this gets interesting. We have Ekans and Onyx in the same place. And I don't think we've ever seen these two stare each other down. Onyx is way bigger, obviously. Onyx, it turns out, is way bigger. Is your, um, well, I mean, spoiler, well, well, never mind. I'll wait and see. I was wondering, I was going to ask you what was in your Pokedex, because I want it to be something, and we'll see. Well, it um, might not if it's, you're talking about that, but yeah. Yeah, no, they're not on screen right now. Um, but in the, so yeah, anyways, and Pikachu just straight up jumps on Onyx's head for a vantage point. Now, I don't think we've really seen two Pokemon work together in a battle like this yet. Like, the way the Pikachu... We've seen two Pokemon at once, but Pikachu jumping on top of Onyx's head to get, like, the vantage point down? Like, I don't... That's kind of interesting, and I think it's the first time we're seeing it. Yeah. Yeah, Um, I think so, too. Yeah. Team Rocket acknowledges that there's a massive size difference, but they call for Ekans to go underground and coughing to use Smokescreen. Uh, Smokescreen appears to be pretty effective. Because nobody can see what's going on. So even though Team Rocket only technically has two Pokemon in play, um, Ash kind of embraces the notion that all is fair when dealing with Pokemon thieves. And he unleashes Pidgeotto. So now he's taken the first step into kind of like working outside the Pokemon for Pokemon rule. Uh, He commands him to use Whirlwind on the smoke. And he does that. But when the smoke clears, the Moonstone's gone. Um, Ash spoon feeds us the idea that this match was just a trick, but I mean, it's a show for children, so in all fairness. Brock yep. instructs his Onyx to follow them underground, and he does. Uh, then the crew takes off in pursuit. Uh, so everybody's gone, and Seymour is still crawling around looking for his glasses. <laughs> yeah, until a Clefairy comes up and gives it to him. Um, yeah. Clefairy happened to find his glasses and brings it over to him, so knowing that he's on their side kind of deal and nice guy and everything. But uh, yeah, so they all run after Team Rocket, and this part kind of confused me a little bit. So Team Rocket, we after he gets Seymour gets his glasses, we pan over to Team Rocket, <clears throat> and they're sliding down this 
giant moonstone boulder on like like what, a toboggan or a sled of some sort. Like yeah. they're just they're riding this giant rock down the side of a mountain. First of all, at at great speeds, right? Um, and out of nowhere, this onyx who's supposedly following them, right? He's supposed to be behind them. He's following. Them. Oh, before sorry, before we even get to that, we get. The, while they're going down this sled, we hear um, them talking, and James says something like, oh, nice guys always finish last, you know, something like that. Like, I thought that was a more recent thing, you know, last 10 years, but apparently Pokemon started talking about that too. But I uh, thought that was kind of interesting. But anyway, um, yeah, so we're continuing down on the sled, and all of a sudden Onyx just appears in front of them out of nowhere. So first of all, he was following them. How did he get ahead of them going that fast? Like, so far ahead of them. And if they're going that fast, how did our heroes catch up to them just walking or running on foot, like, instantly? As soon as Onyx stops them, they're, like, right there. I know, yeah. Like, how did they catch up so fast? You'd think if you're sliding down a mountain on a rock, you're going a lot faster than you could run. You would think, yeah. And this is going to become a whole issue again in a minute all over again. Yeah, and so. it's this, or it's still the same issue because all of a sudden out of a hole where Onyx is sitting, Seymour pops his head out. Yeah. Like, how did he get there that fast? Like He even, just like instantly teleported here or yeah, something. Even if Ash, Missy, and Brock could run that fast. Even if. How did Seymour get there that fast with all the Clefairy? I'm so confused. Yeah, because they took off a good while before Seymour and he's there just like a second later popping his head through. Yeah. Like, what? So how did I he catch up so quickly? That, that makes no sense. Yeah, and then uh, all the Clefairy happened to come out, too, uh, with Seymour. And, you know, because earlier, I don't think we actually mentioned it, but earlier when he got his glasses, he said something about, oh, d you need to defend your Moonstone, like, this is your god kind of thing, or, you know, this is what you pray to, you got to go defend it and get it back. Yeah. So the Clefairy come with him. And now we get this picture of all the Clefairy just waving their hands back and forth, and he's they're kind of, like, mesmerizing everybody, including our heroes, including Pikachu. Um, and Seymour tells us, that the Clefairy are using this move or attack that's called Metronome, but no one's seen it or no one knows exactly what it does. Yeah. Um, he just n happens to know that this is what they do before they use Metronome, apparently. Um, so they do this back and forth. Everyone seems like mesmerized by this, and all of a sudden the ground breaks beneath Team Rocket, and we just see this giant red, I don't know what, like beam of light or powerful explosion heading straight up into the sky. And apparently this is enough to send Team Rocket flying off into the stars. They, you know, they become a twinkle in the distant sky. And uh, none of our heroes seem phased by this. You know, they're in this blast radius, but they're all just standing up perfectly fine like nothing happened. You know, they didn't even get knocked over kind of deal. And... No. So hang on, when Team Rocket, though, when we get Team Rocket uh, blasted to bits, though, they leave on the line finally. Well, it looks like Team Rocket's blasting off again. We finally got there. Yeah, which was seven made, episodes. I know, which episodes. was made possible by earlier on in the episode. They said Team Rocket's blasting off. Yep. So now they're blasting off again in the same episode, and now we're gonna keep this hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, this is what we've been working towards this whole time. So I'm really happy to see that finally. So I guess he can yeah. have a little bit of credit for that, but yeah. So what happened here now is, I'm a little confused, what happened, like, all of a sudden we have little pieces of moonstone coming down in bubbles, like, they're almost like shards, you know? Yeah. So what happened to the moonstone? Did the whole thing explode? So the, yeah, metronome? that's what I have to think. I don't know where the bubbles came from except magic, 
but I have to think that the Moonstone exploded. But like you said, a whole group of heroes was completely unfazed. Yeah, they're just like, nothing touched them. And anyway, these bubble Moonstone rocks or whatever all of a sudden hit some of these Clefairy. And some of them start evolving. The ones that, you know, it hits turn into Clefay Bulls. So we got, so obviously this Moonstone powers them up enough that they can evolve. And that leads to another question. So if this Moonstone is now gone, can Clefairy never evolve again, ever? Any Clefairy that's a Clefairy will never evolve? Or is, like, another Moonstone going to come from the sky now? Like, oh, good God. Well, how does that dynamic work, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, that's, yeah, no doubt. I didn't even think about Are there that. never going to be any more Clefairies or Clefables ever in the world of Pokemon? Wow. Yeah, uh-huh. good point. Good point. I never thought about that. How are they going to evolve? Well, if, as they if that's evolve what it takes. I don't... in the Clefable, we get the Pokedex entry for them at least. Clefable, an advanced form of Clefairy. These unique creatures are among the rarest Pokemon in the world. And they tell what? us that they're among the rarest Pokemon in the world? I mean, the rarest? <laughs> yeah. But okay. Um, we get a repeat of the Clefairy dance, but this time they're all Clefable. Well, there's, there's both Clefairy and Clefables. Yeah, that's right, there is, because it's kind of awkward, because some of them are chanting Clefairy and some are chanting Clefable, and it's kind of hard to understand either one. Yeah, um, and I guess I... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go. I was going to say, I guess maybe I overspoke a little bit, because we did say we thought that the Moonstone exploded, but the Clefairy and Clefable are dancing around what appears to be another Moonstone. But oh, this one kind of almost looks different in a way. Like, like previously, the other one was more smooth and well-rounded or something. This one looks like it's almost like a bunch of pieces of rocks put together. So maybe that's... They, and it all happened to fall in this place? Or maybe the Clefairy all gathered it up and put it here? I don't know. How maybe. did it all get back into one place? Because, no, you're, you're right about that. Because we're going to end on them looking at that. And that's... I don't know. That's so true. It couldn't have blown to smithereens because we can still see it. Did it blow the smithereens and come back together? Because magic? And somehow ended up in this hole? Like, how did they all end up back in that exact spot in the cave? Oh, God, that's a good point. I don't know now. So, so many unanswered questions there. Yeah, a lot of unanswered questions in this whole episode. Um, so, we get this weird fade-out now, because the Clefairy are dancing. We get this fade-out, but... We don't really go anywhere. It's just basically a time lapse to turn 35 seconds into 10 seconds. It's really weird and super pointless because we end up right back where we just cut from. I don't know if you yeah. noticed that. It's really bizarre. Um, Seymour decides that he's going to stay and live among <laughs> the Clefable. Yeah, so just further cementing that he's this weird, crazy scientist. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to stay here and live with this Pokemon. Okay, buddy. Yeah. So I feel like this is something that the Clefable didn't sign up for either. Like, I imagine, like, I can... So I like to see this from the Clefable's viewpoint. Like, they're grateful, but they don't really want this strange human just crashing on their couch, going on and on about flying to the moon. Like, they don't really... Like, can they kick him out? They just... They feel like he kind of saved them, but also, like, I mean... Yeah. I'm not sure... Do they even want him there? I know, I don't think so. Like... (laughs) I mean, they were friendly enough to give him his glasses back, but, uh, yeah. But he's a human who's going to come live among Pokemon. That's not how it works. <laughs> a weird human, too, yeah. What's he gonna eat? Pokemon food that Brock made. Yeah, right! <laughs> Brock left him a big stash. <laughs> no doubt. 
Is there just a Clefairy named Croc that makes human food? Like Yes. I don't know. I don't, maybe there's some vegetation nearby. Yeah, no doubt. Um, he goes home for food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just goes home once a week and brings back food. It's like his shopping food. center, you know. Yeah, right. It's his home. Okay. Anyways, I don't, I don't know. This is, this is a problem for me, but I have no solution to it, so I might as well move along. Um, they. So he's talking about. He's going on and on about flying to the moon and stuff. This scene might be earnest. But if you flick the sarcasm switch in your head, it becomes incredibly magical. Because Seymour is going on and on about following the Clefairy to the moon. And Brock is like, make sure you send us a postcard when you get to the moon. And then <laughs> Pikachu does a full quarter turn and just looks at Brock and gives his little Pika like, is this guy serious? Like, it, like, it seems, it feels so sarcastic. I want this scene to just be so sarcastic, but I don't know if it is actually supposed to be that way or not. But, and that's why earlier when you mentioned that Misty was kind of tormenting the guy for flying to the moon. Yeah. Right? That's why I mentioned, like, I wonder if maybe this was deliberately sarcastic. It's very possible. So, I don't know. I don't know. So they all yeah. gaze at the giant moonstone, which is, yeah, that made me realize they couldn't possibly have blown it up. You're right. Or it blew up and came back together somehow. Yeah. Because it does look different than it did before. Yeah, it did. You're right about that. So, yeah, I mean, the shows came together and maybe just parts of it blew off. Maybe that's why they'll still be able to evolve. Maybe the metronome blew it back to into a bunch of pieces and most of it flew back to where it was supposed to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was detonated by magic. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, so they're all gazing at this giant moonstone of pieces or whatever, and we get this, like, obligatory 90s teamwork shock from behind, and so then they bid farewell to Seymour, but in a moment of, like, Wizard of Oz grade awkwardness, um, Seymour says goodbye to Ash and Pikachu by name, but then addresses the rest of them by saying, thanks y'all, you all, he says. Thanks, y'all. <laughs> Thank you all. <laughs> so then, okay, I mean, I guess, screw you, Brock. Like, it's basically his onyx that saved the day, but that's okay. He doesn't need a personal thank you. Um, So we fade out, I guess, and this time we fade back in on daylight, and the crew's walking along a pathway, and then they come to a sign that points the way to Cerulean City. Now, a few things about the scene and the sign. Um, yeah. So obviously the sign's in English. Which probably, you can assume, means that it was changed. Because um, it originally, in Japanese, it didn't say Cerulean City. I don't know what it actually said, but it obviously wasn't in English. Um, and then at the bottom, we're going to find out in a second that it says, Gary was here, Ash is a loser. So this had to be changed also, because as we discussed previously, Ash's name in the original anime was Satoshi. And Gary's was actually Shigeru. So, the original sign translated as, Shigeru has arrived, Satoshi's a moron. So, yeah, so, and, but, and in addition to all of this, Gary's picture was also superimposed over the image, and in the picture, he was pulling down his eyelid and sticking out his tongue. Wow. Which I guess is a classic Japanese taunt among school children. Pulling down your eyelid sounds really painful, though. Yeah, it does. I don't want to do that, like... Uh, yeah, I know. I'm trying so hard to imagine what that looks like. Um, so in the English version, they never replace the face 
um, they never put Gary's face back in superimposed over top, and they changed it from um, he's arrived and Satoshi's a moron. They changed that to the fact that Gary was here because that's more of a uh, an American idiom kind of or whatever. And Ash is a loser instead of a moron. So yeah, same kind of same point coming across though, like Gary rubbing it in his face that he's ahead of him or something. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm better than you, Ash. Which I mean, he did have the head start. And it's just it seems like he's just maintained it or whatever. So whatever. Yeah, he's really not like it's not like he overcame Ash. It's not like he's beating Ash. He's really moving at the same rate of speed because he got out there quicker. Um, yeah, and we, we yeah. don't really know either. Um, I completely forgot what I was about to say. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. No, okay, yeah, continue. no, it's okay. Um, no, uh, but yeah, we don't really know what the credentials are for that. Like what the matrix is for who's beating who at this point. Um, also, there's a tiny sound effect when um, Ash looks at the sign, and that sound effect actually is remaining from the Japanese version, and that was the sound that went off when Gary's face appeared. Okay. I wanted to mention that, too. I forgot about that. Um, so when they changed out the voice tracks, they left that backing track of the, of the sound effect. So that's actually from the original Japanese, but it would have gone along with Gary's face appearing, but... Not now. Okay. Yeah. I remember what I was going to say. Oh, what was that? So, how does Gary even know he was ahead of Ash in that case? Like, there's nothing that really tells us. Like, how do we know Ash didn't pass him at some point? Dude, you're how right. How does Gary you're know? so right. Yeah. Well, I guess like, because there's one pathway through all of the world. He would have seen him pass him? <laughs> yeah. You say that, but then when we get to the sign, it is a fork in the road. There are two different yeah. directions you can go. I don't know if you noticed that. Mm-hmm. So we finally get a split in path here. God, I don't know. This episode is so screwed up. Maybe maybe that uh, Gary leaving his face on that sign was to tell Ash which way he went. So maybe would be like, or, you know, that little note, like, okay, I went to Cerulean to tell Ash which way to pick. But yeah. uh, to follow him or something, mm-hmm. I don't know. But other than that, yeah. Maybe he just wrote that on all the signs he passed, and he didn't know where Ash was going to see it, and he also didn't know if he was ahead or not at the time that he wrote it. Maybe he's just writing it. (laughs) Maybe he's just, like, childish and he wants to do those things. I don't know. He's just playing around. He has nothing to lose. But if he's behind him, he gets to gloat. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Not that he knows if he ever gets to gloat or not. (laughs) At least at this point, we don't know. Like, he has no idea, right? I guess he just assumes he's ahead because he's Gary. I guess so. So that's pretty much the end. Um, Ash is determined to catch up, so he sprints forward towards Cerulean City, and the other two just, like, shake their head. Pikachu kind of does this cute, like, he, like, rubs his temples. He's like, oh, my God, this kid. Like, and that's, that's, I think that's it. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed this. Uh, I'm going to say maybe you didn't, but uh, when they were talking about going to Cerulean City and everything, uh, Misty also had this, like, nervousness look on her face like like oh. she was like oh i don't really want to go to cerulean city and i think we'll see that play out a little bit more like uh i know why you probably know why most of our yeah. viewers probably know why or misty has to do with cerulean city i won't necessarily say anything more here now because uh, i'm that'll probably come up in the next episode uh next week or in a couple of weeks depending on how long it takes to get there i guess but uh yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah um yeah, I just noticed that, like, at the end there, she had this almost look like, oh, crap, I don't want to go to Cerulean City. Why are we going this way? Okay. Nervousness look 
about it. And I just look like, okay, this is probably some foreshadowing that most people wouldn't notice. And I only noticed, I think I only noticed or took notice because I know what's coming up. Yeah, no doubt. And I looked for that, sort of. And I noticed that she kind of says something in a second, but it's not like she's like, why are you in such a hurry or something like that? But that could have meant anything. So I mm-hmm. deliberately didn't really take note of it, but I didn't notice the fact that she was acting kind of shifty. So good catch. Yeah. yeah, no. Yeah. <clears throat> she definitely looked uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that much. Okay, so. okay. Well then. Yeah. So that brings us to the end of the episode. That means that we still have uh, a few things to look at. We got some scene of the week. We got an actor spotlight. We got some games coming up. We got all kinds of fun. But first, we've got to see about this grade of ours. What do you think? Yeah. Um. So originally, I gave it a B. I think I'm gonna have to go down. Yeah. I'm actually gonna go down two steps here and uh, change that to a C plus. Okay. I uh, had mine at a C, and I gotta take it down to a C minus. It's, I guess, a fun-ish episode to watch, but it's yeah. so badly put together. Yeah, I, I originally gave it a grade based on the fact that it was fun to watch. Like, I enjoyed from a watching standpoint, but mm-hmm. since we talked about it, analyzed it, went through a lot of the points that each other brought up, I'm like, yeah, I got to bring this one down a little bit. Yeah, 100%. So, boo, Pokemon. Well, not boo, Pokemon. Boo, specifically. I need to scroll a really far way to get back there. But, uh, boo, specifically, Atsuhiro Tamioka. Uh, not like your debut in the Pokemon world. But if he sticks around, I guess he does a good job. Maybe. Uh, um, he did add some stuff to Team Rocket, which is good. He did add some stuff to Team Rocket. Yeah, that's a good thing. I realized When I realized that this was um, his first episode, I went back and I realized that we actually haven't seen the same screenwriter twice. Okay. Um, so they're really trying to find someone they like, I guess. I guess. So we've done five episodes so far, and we've had five different uh, writers. So... I don't know. I was saying that I didn't think Pokemon was too bad for that, but as it turns out, it kind of is. Um, but we have had a fair bit of consistency with our director, so... That's good. That's something. And it helps to keep the tone a little bit, but it doesn't help when we have things like Brock and his food and all that. God, it's so much rage over Brock and his food. Yeah. Okay, maybe that's. Maybe we need to take a break. Maybe I need to go cry into a pillow. Hold, hold your stuffed uh, Pikachu or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just watch a, I'll watch a mashup of Pikachu talking to other Pokemon. There you go. And that'll make me feel better. Okay. So when we come back, we've got uh, we're gonna look at who won this episode, scenes of the week, quote of the week, our actor spotlight, Spencer's Pokedex. Most importantly, we're gonna play some games. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That that looks like a that that that, that, that looks like that that looks like a that that. that the Clefairy collect all of these rocks and Thank you. 
it's time for who won this episode. So, uh, who should go first? What do you think? Um, don't matter. Okay. Um, well, who do you think won this episode? Hopefully we don't have the same thing. Okay, it's possible we do. We've had, we have a couple times, but yeah. that's all right. Um, so this week I went with, um, I hummed on a little bit, but I ended up going with, uh, Seymour winning this episode. Oh. Um, I know he's a little bit of a weirdo and he's kind of crazy and everything, but he did kind of get to live out his dream in that, you know, he found the moonstone, which is amazing, you know, something he's been searching for for a long time. And he's going to, he was just so happy and excited all episode two. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, nothing overly bad happened to him. I mean, sure, he dropped his glasses or something. But uh, at the end of the day, he he did find the moonstone. He's going to live among the Clefairy. And he's like, finally decided, like, I've come to peace. All my theories are correct and blah, blah, blah. Now, whether they're actually correct or not is remains to be seen or maybe not ever seen but yeah he he's in a place where he's really good really happy so i i said he 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 won okay for him yeah he won for him yeah just because you just want to see seymour happy okay fair enough okay (laughs) no i didn't go with seymour so we didn't pick the same thing my winner for this episode is pikachu so um why that might seem a little bit random. Because he's had a really busy go of it so far in this series. He's had a lot of heavy lifting to do. He's been in the hospital. He's got his butt kicked on multiple occasions. He got electroshock therapy last week. I mean, he's been through just a lot of crap, this poor little Pikachu so far. And this episode, he didn't have to do anything. Nothing relied on him. He wasn't even in the first battle he was in the second battle, but when he was, he just stood on Onyx's head and, like, uh, arced thunder, like, arced lightning out of his cheeks. He never really even had to zap him. Like, I mean, he saved the guy with the zoo back, but that's, I mean, that's, that's changed to Pikachu. I mean, he does that when he just gets yep. slightly frustrated, right? So, I mean, I yep. think he really, he got to get the week off. Um, he got to befriend some Clefairy, like, so... You know, the final, the little guy finally got to rest after, like, a hell of five episodes. So, I, I support the self-care Pikachu. <laughs> so, Pikachu Maybe. wins. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, so then, I guess that brings us to scene of the week. So, what did you... Well, I guess I'll go first, since I... Well, I went last on the other one, so I guess you should go first so we can alternate. Alright. So... My favorite scene... I didn't really know what to pick. Um... In the end, I actually just picked the scene that was pretty much at the very end, where uh, they walk up to the sign in Cerulean City, and it says, Ash is a loser, Gary was here. Just the whole reaction that Ash had to that, and he was like, oh, come on, I'm so frustrated, let's get going, I gotta catch up to Gary, and like, I just thought it was kind of funny, so I ended up put, putting that as my uh, favorite scene of this episode. Okay. A little taunting yeah. of Gary. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough, fair enough, okay. So, um, I did not pick that scene, um... I picked the scene where the Clefairy, um, they do metronome, mm. and then Seymour is the only one there that knows what it is, um, and so he's the one that's then in charge of explaining it, but the way that he has to explain it, because he's in the process of getting hypnotized, he, so the voice actor, okay, spoiler alert, is going to be my, um, actor spotlight, if you had a guess, um, is Maddie Blostein. Um, and so 
she's delivering these lines and it has to everyone because they're doing the metronome thing has to be punctuated at like i don't know i guess the top of every measure or whatever i don't know exactly how to put that properly in technical terms but so it makes the line read really stilted because she's like reading in time with them the whole time. Mm. So, and I just got a kick out of that. I mean, I'll probably insert it, like, right here or maybe during the break that we just took. But uh, I don't know if you remember that. Do you remember how he has to, like, explain that? It was a little weird, yeah. Yeah. He's like, the Clefairy are using metronome. Like, he couldn't. You yeah. Know, yeah, like, so I got a kick out of that. So that was my scene of the week. This is an attack that Clefairy used called the metronome. <laughs> I've never seen the Clefairy use the metronome before. Who knows what'll happen? Well, I'm glad you picked that, or I'm glad I picked uh, what I picked now, because I was thinking about picking that scene where uh, you were just talking about as my scene of the week, too. So. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm glad we come up with two different ones that way. Yeah, that's good. Gives a little bit of variety, I guess. Gives, uh, gives people something to vote on. Tell us if you think, you know, whose scene of the week you would vote for. Um, maybe Obviously we'll mine, right? Open no. that up. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll open that up as an actual thing once we get a, a few more, uh, a little bit more interaction with our listeners and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So for the quote of the week, um, what did you have? All right. So my quote came from uh, Brock oh, okay. this week. Um, it was when uh, Team Rocket came came into the scene. We're in the cave, and Brock's like. Uh, they were talking about stealing the moonstone, and Brock says, to, "If you want a rock, just take one of these and get lost." Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like points to a random rock in the cave because it's full of rocks. He's just take one of these and get out of here. Stop bothering us. Uh, I thought that was pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I like it. Um, I do remember that scene to the point that I kind of like noted it in my mind. Um, for my quote of the week, I kind of took an easy one, but it's because I've talked about it so much on the show, and it's kind of been my running thing. Um, I have waited so long for Team Rocket to finally nail their exit catchphrase mm. that that's what I pick. So now I can't pick it for the remaining 8 million episodes that it's going to be a part of. But I, I picked that because I'm just, I'm happy we finally got that. Because I've been waiting for them to get there and I did not realize in hindsight that it took this long to get there. So. Yeah. Oh boy. Alright, so. That brings us to our actor spotlight. Hooray. Yeah. So our actor spotlight this week was for the voice of Seymour, who is Maddie Blostein. Um, she provided various filler voices for different characters until episode 29. But then she was given the role of Meowth, uh, which she played all the way through season eight. So this is actually the voice of Meowth mm. working, working her way up. So not yet. Not yet. No, but working, working her way up. Yeah. So, um, do you know, by any chance, um, I get to give a fun little freaking monologue now. Um, do you know by any chance what intersex is? No. Okay, so I'm going to assume a lot of people don't, um, more than likely. Intersex is when somebody's born, um, with genetics, with genetic components of both male and female. Um, so it's, like, actually a, like, genetic difference. Okay. Uh, so this doesn't necessarily always reflect in a physical way. Um, sometimes whichever the most dominant, um, I think to say dominant gene in this aspect is technically wrong, but um, what, whatever the dominance in the genetic makeup is will generally control like physical attributes. Like obviously we're talking about genitals here, um, but uh, that doesn't necessarily a lot of times um, 
somebody who's intersex will be hormonally different or something like that from birth. Um, so when Maddie was born, she was assigned male um, based on physical examination. Um, but of, like as I just explained, she wasn't 100% male, um, even biologically. Um, so as she grew up, uh, she made the decision to transition to being a female, to living as a female. Um, so then she went on to become an activist in the transgender community and did like an assortment of fundraising and stuff like that. Um, do you remember Second Life? It's kind of ringing a bell, but no. Uh, it was like a virtual, um, it was 2004. That'll put things in perspective. Uh, specifically okay. what we're going to talk about, but I think it was around a little before that. It was like a 3D modeler community is what I have it written as here. But um, yeah, so it was like you created avatars. That's the word I'm looking for. You would create your avatar to like represent you or whatever and then go in and just chat with people. But of course, like the internet was new and there was like sometimes creepy people on there and then there was super niche groups and like it was so it got like a reputation. Yeah. Um, but in either event, uh, while all that was going on, um, she was uh, notable, I guess, quite notable, because you don't get a lot of Second Life news out there anymore, um, for being very active on the, under the pseudonym Kendra Bancroft. Um, so Second Life people are probably very aware of this, more so than I was. Um, but she became a builder of different uh, like modeling things within the universe, and uh, she also hosted a bunch of communities and stuff like that that were very influential uh, when Second Life was a big deal. Um, and she is the sister of a video game coordinator and translator, I guess. And apparently he has some notoriety. I don't know what he's worked on, but his name is Jeremy Blostein. Um, so inf there's a whole bunch of information. Um, Unfortunately, though, sadly, Maddie died on December 11th, 2008 in Christ Hospital, Jersey City, New Jersey, from an untreated stomach virus that she'd been suffering for a couple of weeks prior to admission. Well, that's unfortunate. So, yeah, so we, quite an interesting actor spotlight this week. So that is that. Definitely, yeah. That is uh, Seymour and then eventually Meowth, which I thought was super interesting. Not for quite a while. Not for quite a while to come. No, well, no, 29 episodes. In our world, that's a long time. Like, these were on every two days or three days or something like that, I think, because we do the original air date and stuff like that. I think they're on, like, every two days or three days. They weren't even a week apart back okay. then. So, um, it, it didn't take them nearly as long to go through 29 episodes. But for us, yeah, it's a long ways away. <laughs> for us, it's, like, half a year. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're still on episode six. Yeah, like, exactly. We're seven weeks into this, and, yeah. So. I mean, we've been out at this for two months now, right? Mm -hmm. So, so uh, it's going to be quite a while before before we make it quite that far. So, uh, speaking yeah. of making it places, let's make our way into Spencer's Pokedex. What's in Spencer's Pokedex this week? All right, we got a couple of uh, Pokemon. As our viewers who have, or listeners, not viewers, I should say, who have uh, heard the show know I tend to pick some Pokemon that have been in the episode or have some sort of relevancy that we haven't done yet. Of course, we haven't done a lot of them because we're only a few episodes in here. But uh, Clefairy, woohoo! Big, big roll. Is that what you're hoping for? That's what I was hoping for. Okay, can I just? I really want to know what Clefairy weighs. Okay, well, we'll get to okay. that. We got Clefairy, and I'm also going to do Clefable because, I mean, again, she evolved into Clefables. Half the episode was, you know, that. So yeah, okay, sweet. because of that. Okay, so uh, yeah, um, so yeah, we got uh, Clefairy. Element is normal. Type is fairy. <laughs> Who could have guessed height? Right. Uh, so she's two feet tall, or he, 
Weight is 17 pounds. Okay. 17 really? pounds. Okay, I guess I could... So, I wanted to know that because of the Clefairy falling on Misty. Yeah. Because I thought Misty was dead. Like... <laughs> well, she... The... the... I mean, she fell down a rock cliff face into some water. She should have been injured, at least. Yes. But she had enough... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. But she had enough wherewithal to stand up and do a Pokemon battle against Meowth, so... I mean, what does a cat weigh? Like, nine pounds? My cats certainly don't weigh that much. No? But they're still kittens, too. They're, like, two pounds. Yeah, so, I mean, a full-blown cat's got to be, like, 9, 13 pounds, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like having, like, a cat and a half, two cats, dropped on you. It's not too bad, I guess. I guess. I don't know, that's a weird amount of weight. might knock you off a cliff face. Yeah, that's a weird amount of That's right in the middle. I was expecting the guy to be like, no way, Misty's freaking totaled by that. Or to be like, okay, I guess that's reasonable, but that's a weird amount of weight. I mean, okay. Anywho, continue. That's why I really wanted to know what one weighed. Yeah. yeah. Alright, uh, techniques, pound, growl, other techniques, sing, double slap, double slap, minimize, metronome, defense curl, light screen. I've got a lot of attacks. Yeah, no, uh, no. They're good against nothing, apparently, because <laughs> being a normal attack, a normal type, I guess, and they're bad against rock. Okay. Uh, evolution, moonstone. So, uh, the bio, the friendly and peaceful Clefairy is admired by many for its magical powers. You will have to search long and hard to find one, though. It is very rare. Its special metronome technique allows it to attack in many different ways. Some believe that the Clefairy have formed their own society inside Mount Moon, where they pray to the Moonstone, according to legend. Moonstone fell from moon from the moon hundreds of years ago. Well, that was basically the episode we watched. Yeah, no doubt. That fits perfectly under today's episode. Yeah, and uh, this this Pokemon also comes with a Pokedex, Pokedex pick, mm-hmm. as some of these Pokemon have. Um, it says here, elemental stones like fire, water, leaf, thunder, and moonstones are needed to evolve some Pokemon. They are found in dungeons or at Celadon City Department Store. Again, taking it from the game. Yeah. Uh, the moonstone is the rarest, but did you know that there aren't enough elemental stones for the 17 species of Pokemon that need them to evolve? Special stones are in short supply, so use them wisely. All right, so when Clefairy evolves, it again stays normal Pokemon, stays a fairy type, uh, becomes four feet three inches tall, so it almost doubles in size here, in height, or more than doubles in height. Mm-hmm. Uh, it weighs 88 pounds. Now that's a little bit too heavy to be falling on you. Yeah, that's definitely, yeah. You don't want that falling on you. Uh, s- techniques would be sing, double slap, double slap, Minimize, metronome, other techniques, none. It's good against nothing, bad against rock, and evolution, moonstone. Hmm. Well, I'll write that. And the bio? Yeah. Fable is one of the rarest Pokemon in the world. You will need to use a moonstone to turn a Clefairy into a Clefable. Oh. Once you do, your Clefable will not be able to learn any new techniques without special tools. You may want to make sure it knows a variety of techniques before you evolve it. Clefable is a very shy fairy that is hardly ever seen. It runs and hides the second it thinks people are around. You will need to be extra loving and gentle with this Pokemon to gain its trust. Well then. Huh? And all right. Well. And that's Spencer's Pokedex. Now we know all about Spencer's Pokedex. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, awesome. Clefairy and Clefable. All right then. I was just thinking about. I just. I just. I just heard from from my father, and I was just debating because. Uh, spoiler alert! I don't have uh, Pokemon descriptions. This week, no. um, I know I 
should next week. I have an alternative game. But, um, okay. so I was going to switch that up a little bit, but if I sounded a little distracted, it was because, yeah, I was just thinking maybe we could do them in real time with them, but then I can't play it back, and that's a big part of how we do that. <laughs> yeah, because so, some of those are like, wait, what? Yeah, no doubt. So, okay, um... So, that brings us to games nonetheless, even though I can't get my crap in order today. So, uh, backwards Pokemon game much? No. I know. Alright, let's do it. <laughs> I'm the, ready, I'm ready. That's the correct reaction. <laughs> this is this is scary. It's always satanic sounding. It's like, I've got no hope until I get the clues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. Alright, I'm ready. I'm making sure I got info up for these. So that I yeah, because you won't know either. No. Don't blame me. They're hard. Well, I don't always know everything off the top of my head, right? When it comes to, like, what's the type and stuff like that. And Okay, here we go. Well, I, I know my sister gave me some flack for missing a couple. Yeah. So, yeah <laughs> She's yeah. screaming at her phone every time, apparently. Here we go. <laughs> Could you hear that? Yes, I could hear it. I just don't know what I'm listening to. Meowth. I mean, I can understand why, but you'll have to understand you're wrong. I do understand I'm wrong. Okay, right, so uh, what do you want? Do you want a letter or do you want a type? I'm going to take a letter. First letter. S. See, I should have taken a type. I was like, I think it's an a it might be an S, even though I guess meow. Sandshrew? No. Alright, I'll take a type now. Okay, bug flying. What? <laughs> Not what you were expecting, is it? Not at all. Um... Uh, oh, wait, 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 um, it's the Pokemon you hatched, Scyther. <laughs> Never cease to amaze me. That yes. is Scyther. How did you even? I don't know. I was like, bug flying. What's bug? F wait, Scyther, who's talking about Scyther today? I bet it's Scyther. Yep. Okay. Well then, just no comment. On to the next one. Sealed salad. Sealed salad. What? <laughs> Sealed <the old> salad. <laughs> That's kind of what it sounds like you say. It does. Ah. Uh, but at last, it is not the old salad. Oh, I really thought that was what it was. I know. Sealed salad. Sealed salad. Sealed salad. Doug Trio. No. You want a letter or a type? Okay, I'll take a type this time. Water. Water, 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 water. Hey, can I hear it again? Salad. 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 Blastoise? Yes, it is! Oh, yeah! Way to go! 242 so far! Very nice. Good lord, I don't know how you did that. I heard the ab at the end. Well, the it is once, al, al, yeah. Once you know, you can hear it's sioit salb, sioit salb, right? Yeah. Like, and it 
I think I'm sort of getting better at these yeah. too, but not really. But <laughs> maybe it's just something I tell myself to make me feel better. This but next yeah. one, you are not even going to need a hint. You're going to get it right away. Hmm. Okay, can you play it again? <laughs> Oh, Evie? Yeah! <laughs> really? <laughs> yes! I, I think that's the first time I got a backwards Pokemon of the first guess. Because it's literally the same thing Eevee, forward as backwards. Yeah, it's a palindrome. Yeah. I mean, it still sounds different than saying Evie. It just <laughs> sounds really angry. <laughs> yeah. It's an angry Evie or something. Yeah. It just sounds like so angry. <laughs> Alright, so... Um, that brings us to the time when you get to torture me, and I <sighs> silently cry so it doesn't pick up on mic. Time for you All to right. give me a Pokemon description. Alright. Pokemon that have two elements, like this one, have twice as many strengths and weaknesses as other Pokemon. As the thing on its back gets bigger, it's harder for them to stand on its legs. What? Um... Um... I went through so many different guesses. Um, the... With, um... As the thing on its back gets bigger. It's harder for it to stand on its feet. Okay. There's two elements. Can you read? Yeah, can, yeah. Um... Is it okay? Is it um um oh oh why am I drawing a blank? Uh, I'm looking at him in my head. Um, is it uh not well? Okay, I'll start here and see. Is it Bulbasaur? It is not. Okay. No. Do you want a hint? I'll take a letter. First letter. Yes. I. A what? An I. An I? I don't know what Pokemon starts with I. Um. Um. I? Yeah, I, Captain. Uh, 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 <laughs> that threw me for a total loop. I was not expecting an eye. Uh, it doesn't even matter if something on its back that grows, just a Pokemon that starts with an eye. Um. There's 150, there's gotta be something. There's gotta be something, right? I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say. Um, I, 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 I gotta, I gotta guess something, but it should be a Pokemon and not just a household object, and that's why I'm running into problems. What you're saying is infuriating to people. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Um, I, I, um, like, uh, um, oh, 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 yeah, no, of course, because fucking, of it's, I, <laughs> oh my god. The amount of rage people will go through listening to this. It's Ivysaur. Yes, it oh, is. Fuck, of course it is. I guessed you it. You dropped the ball again. Well, no, because <laughs> oh, I didn't need man. two hints this time. 
That's true. Because all but, I could, all, uh, I, I, Bulbasaur was the only one I could imagine standing on his legs. And then from there, I thought, okay, well, it's not anybody in that evolutionary chain. And I don't know why I thought that, but, uh And I was like, is he's going to get it instantly, right? Like I'm like, I, I, After I, Bulbasaur, I, I'm like, oh, well, he's already got it. I might as well mark it down now, like. And then you're struggling. I was like, okay. But, uh, oh, yeah. I'm hopeless. Pokemon that have two elements, like Ivysaur and Venusaur, their grass and poison elements, have twice as many strengths and weaknesses as other Pokemon. As the bulb on Ivysaur's back grows, it gets harder for Ivysaur to stand on its hind legs. Yeah, see, I didn't know they ever stood on their hind legs. Mm-hmm. That's something I associated more with, like... Um, Venusaur and Bulbasaur and like even like um, War Turtles, I think, stand on their back legs and stuff like that. I yeah, never Squirtles and yeah, I never thought I didn't consider that one of their things. I guess we haven't been to an episode with them yet. And I don't think I've ever caught one. Okay, well then, that was my first one, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Good you got Lord. two more stuff. Okay. See, I guess that though on my second guess. With only one hint. So I don't think... I mean, it's really tragic that it took me so long. But I think the fact that I stood the course and guessed it, you know, said, says something. Yeah, I'm trying to, that's not bad. I'm trying to make this a win for me. I'm trying. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This Pokemon is not a great Pokemon to keep around the house, especially if you have younger brothers and sisters. This cunning fighter is also an evil favorite Pokemon to use in battle. An evil? Evil. And he's a fighter? Use in battle. Yeah. This cunning fighter is also an evil favorite Pokemon to use in battle. Cunning fighter. Oh, we did one of these last week, I think. No, 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 no. No, we did not. Hitmanly. No. Okay. Can I get a ladder? First letter? Yes. E. Oh, I thought this was going to lead me to Hitmanchan. Okay. I know. You were waiting for me to say H. Yeah, I was E. Oh, I hate this part, because now I'm just blank, like the Ivysaur thing. E, 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 it's a fighter. Oh, Lord. I think you should ask for a type. I should have. Oh, should I? Oh, no! <laughs> okay. Uh... That may have been a hint in itself. Uh... Well, I think it was a hint in itself, but anyway. Okay, um... E, um, E... I, I got nothing. I might have to throw it away because at least in this case I can think of something that starts with an E. But I can't think of anything that's a fighter. Um. Um. Uh, 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 I'll just say, uh, like, oh, I was trying to think of anything other than Hitmanchan. Uh, Machomp. But that's not Um, now give me a type. Alright. Type is. Poison. Okay. Um, that changes everything. Wow, was I misled by that. Okay. I know. That's why I said you probably should have taken the type. Yeah, no shit I should have. Um, he's poison. 
Um, not something to have around the house. But he's a fighter. A fighter. Um. Because even though he's poisoned, that makes me think that it's got to be something that's fighty. Um. The only poison Pokemon I can think of for the life of me right now is Atkins, and I hate it. <laughs> um. Oh, well, you could guess it. I don't have wrong, any more right. do I? Or, nope. This is my last guess. Ah. Uh. I mean Atkins. Whatever. Yes. Is it oh really? Oh my good. Yes, it How? is. I cannot what? believe. What? No. How? No. <laughs> I that's cannot believe that. Fighty? Like that's oh, a fighting my... Pokemon? That's no. <laughs> no. Why do they? It say doesn't say it anything that about way? it being a fighting Pokemon, but yeah, it did confuse you. All right. But it did. Why <laughs> did they say that? Okay. I can't believe you got that. It, it was so hard for me to keep a straight face when you said you're Atkins, but I can't seal with that. I can't. I could, I could, oh. Okay, yeah, read that. <clears throat> read that to me again. Poke Rage. Atkins is not a great Pokemon to keep around the house, especially if you have younger brothers and sisters. This cunning fight fighter is also one of Team Rocket's favorite Pokemon to use in battle. This cunning... Didn't it say... Didn't you say a fighting Pokemon? I said this... I said this cunning fighter is also one of... Cunning fighter, Evil yeah. favorite Pokemon. Yeah, this cunning fighter is also a Team Rocket favorite Pokemon to fight in battle. I don't think it ever... Says that the type is fighting. No, but I don't consider him a cunning fighter. He's a rope with teeth. Yeah, well, this book considers him a cunning fighter, so uh, get on the book's level. <laughs> but what the hell? Okay, I oh I, I so often disagree with that book. Good lord. Okay, I get one it, more. It makes it I... difficult. Yeah, there's also actually a Pokedex pick on the seconds. Okay. Did you know that Ekans' name spelled backwards is Snake? No. Question mark. Our box name spelled backwards is Cobra. Yeah. Yes, I knew that. I'm sure uh, most people in the Pokemon world know that. Yeah. And if you didn't, uh, where have you been? He was, yeah, no doubt. No. He was your backwards Pokemon a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I had to get you back with him. Yeah, no doubt. All right, so I got one more of those, don't I? Yep. Okay. This one's is short description. Okay. So, uh, good luck. This Pokemon is known as the Water Queen. Its rippled tail fins flow like an elegant ball, ball gown. That's it. That's all you get. Oh, I know what this is. Like, I can see it, but I don't think... Like, either I'm wrong or I don't know what it's called. I think you'll get, probably get it. Okay, I'm going to say Doduong... Do 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 uh what's what what is what is that one called? uh do do a dong um Dugan? yeah I'll go with do a dong to get my hint because I need a letter it is not no Dugan. okay what's the letter G G G oh I'm gonna hate me for this. Because I don't need a type. We've covered the fact that it's water. Um. 
Um, hmm. I wonder what other hint I could kind of give you. Elegant. That would not give it away if you needed another hint. I mean, like, I could tell you it's height and weight, but I don't know if that helped anything. No, probably not. Um. G, 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 G. That's not Geodude. Um. Can you read it to me again? This Pokemon is known as the Water Queen. Its rippled tail fins flow like an elegant ball gown. Goldine? Yes! No! <laughs> Unreal, three okay. for three. As I said it, I thought, no, 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 don't give away a guess. <laughs> really? But it was your guess, and it was right. Nicely Damn. done. Flying by the seat of my luck. Okay. No, three for three. Whew. Okay. Well, what I have for you for a game next, because I don't have our parents describing Pokemon. That's sad. This is the funnest one. Sad. I know. It's I like so this game. sad. I'm hoping to have a back this week. Okay. So, I was going to give you five yes or no questions. Or five yes or no questions, yeah, about a Pokemon, but you still only get three guesses. Okay, so wait, what? So, what I mean, yeah. So what I mean by that is, like, I got a Pokemon picked. Yeah. You get to ask me five yes or no questions. So that means that rather than asking for a type and I say water, you have to ask, is it a is psychic it Pokemon? No. Well, do you want to waste your next four guesses going through types? <laughs> right? Oh, that so sounds like it's going to be tough. You might have to save the type to last. You might instead want to ask if it's based on an animal. Or maybe you might want to ask how many legs That's so it hard. has. Or, that's that's not yes or no though. Um, no, no, but you could ask if it has two legs or does it have more than two legs. This is gonna be tough. Yeah, I know, right? So if it's chaos at five questions, I might give you more or I might give you like a hint. This is gonna be super chaos, I think. I'm gonna say actually I think if you don't get it in five questions, that I'll give you something that isn't yes or no. Like I'll give you a type if you haven't figured it out or something. Okay. So okay. Let's give this a shot. I had to make up a game on, on, like, the spot a few hours ago, so. All right, so do I do the, all the guesses, or all the questions first, and then get three guesses? No, or? you you got three guesses. You can break them in there however you want. You can ask okay, two okay. questions, then guess. One, then guess. Okay, um, does it have two legs? <laughs> um, are you asking, does it only have two legs? Mm, I don't know how to take that. <laughs> Um, it does uh, no. not have only two legs. So it has more than two legs is what you're saying? Yes. I won't count that. <laughs> okay, what has more than two legs? I guess there's lots of things. Um, oh, this is so difficult to think of like what to even ask next. Uh, what has more than two legs? Is it a water type? No. Ah, uh, is it a fire type? Yes. Okay, how many guesses do I have left? Um, 
or I have two questions, right? Yeah, I'm gonna, I gotta, I gotta mark these down as you do them from now on. Um, I think you have two guesses. I think you have two, um, you have two guesses, but I think you have two, um, questions too. You don't you have asked, three guesses? You asked for water. Yeah. You asked about fire. Yeah. So you I know it's a fire. about legs. Yeah. So that was three. So you have two left. And I have three guesses still. And you have, yeah, three guesses. Uh, is it a dog? No. Is it a horse? Uh, so this is your last question. Question, yeah. Yes. Is it Ponyta? If I was a good person, it would have been. Is it Rapid Ash? Yes, it is. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's awesome. See, that worked out well. You got that in two guesses. Somehow. <laughs> that was really good. Yeah, okay. Okay, I think we're on a roll here. I feel okay. like this legs thing might be uh, the way to go. <laughs> yeah, the legs thing helps. I thought it would, yeah. That's yeah. why I used it as an example. All right, so here we go. Um, your next one. I don't have to say anything. You just have to start asking. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um. Does it have two <laughs> legs? Okay, you've got to change the way you ask that because something with four legs still has two legs. Something with six legs still has okay. two legs. Does it only have two legs? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you tell me what type it is. No, I'm kidding. Nope. <laughs> um, is it psychic? Um, you know, I thought it was, but it's not. Gengar? No. Um. Hmm. Uh, I still have three questions, right? Okay, um. Three questions, two guesses. Yeah, it's not psychic. It has two legs. But it's something you thought was psychic. See, well, that. That's Maybe what... forget about that. <laughs> okay, well, that's why I, th I was thinking Gengar, because that's like a ghost Pokemon that I always yeah, kind of thought was like I psychic or something. I would for that to be the thing that throws it away. Okay. I mean, maybe I did, really. It just crossed my mind in my current state, but... Um, is it grass? No. Um... Oh, this is so difficult. Like, I don't know how to narrow it, what questions to ask to necessarily <laughs> narrow it down, you know? You have two, um, you have two, I uh, guess, questions left and two guesses left. So think about some of the things, like, how the descriptions tend to go. Like, the descriptions, sometimes they talk about color, um, like, you could ask about shape. Yeah, but the, the problem is I don't know what to guess or how to narrow it down by asking what, like, what yeah. kind of question can I ask to narrow this down? Um, I have no idea. Uh, can it fly? No. I only have one question left. Yeah. <laughs> and you're so close. <laughs> yes, totally. Um, is it yellow? <laughs> <laughs> that was the color. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was like drowsy or hypno or something. 
Yeah, uh-huh. uh, fair enough. You have two guesses, but those would be um, psychics. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, it's not grass. It's not psychic. It's got two legs. I don't remember what else I asked. Uh, I have no idea what you to asked guess. Was yellow at one point. Yeah, so it's not yellow. <laughs> oh man! I have no idea. Is it a bell sprout? Nope. No, that's yellow. That's yellow. That's I don't the know. One oh. thing you knew was that it wasn't bell sprout. <laughs> Is it Poliwhirl? <laughs> Is it Fenina? Glue? <laughs> no! <laughs> no, oh my god. No, but everything you just guessed is the same shape as this Pokemon. That makes it even more difficult. You're driving me insane. That's hilarious. Alright, what is it? So, I, um, uh, you didn't get it in your five. Um, then I let you guess a whole bunch of stuff, so that sucks. And I still but didn't get it. I'll let you ask a question that is not yes or no. So, like, what color is it, or what type is it? What color what is letter? it? What color is it? Pink. Pink. Slowpoke. Slowbro. That's psychic, anyway. Water. Yeah. It's Jigglypuff. Jigglypuff. Ah. Uh. See, and what else did you guess? You guess like Venonat, you guess Gloom. They're all the same shape as Jigglypuff. Yeah, fair, fair. Uh, all right, wow. Well, that one was hard. That made it seem hard. But it, it was definitely difficult. Let's, the first one you did really good, though, so I don't know. Let's see. I got a third one for you now, so let us I'm do scared. this. All right. Um... Ask me anything. Does it have two legs? Yes. Exactly. It only two legs. stands on two legs, yes. <laughs> Is it fire? No. Is it water? Yes. Okay, okay. We're getting somewhere. Does it look like a turtle? No. Does it have a uh, thing they use for hypnosis? Um, I don't. You're going to have to be more specific. The, the thing that's on like Poliwag, Poliwhirl, and Poliwrath's no. stomach. Okay, so it's not any of those. It's not any of the Squirtle Blastoises. I've used all my qu- questions, but I have yep. three guesses, and I know it's a water Pokemon. Yeah. And it has two legs. Um, Psyduck. Yes. <laughs> what? No way! You got to be kidding me. Jesus! I was gonna say, okay, you can ask me a question that isn't yes or no, and then you're just like Psyduck. <laughs> Nice. Is it yellow? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh my god. Okay, that game works well. Ish. That Ish. was difficult. I'm Freaking not gonna lie. hell. That's okay. Wow. That stressed me out more than it should have. <laughs> I can't believe you got that. That's crazy. So um, that that thankfully for our emotional well-being brings us to the end of the show. Um. Until next week, anyway. Whew, Will we I go mean, through it all again? Wow, yeah, I mean, it's really, it builds character, it builds character. So, uh, sorry about my, my poor note-taking during today's episode. Next week, I promise y'all I'll do better. Um, but you can find me on Twitter at OffTheLP, and you can follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at GottaCatchPod. Uh, you can also email us at GottaCatchPodcast at gmail.com. 
I swear I'll you have can... something one day. Yes, yes. And uh, you can email us and let us know any questions, comments, suggestions you might have. Um, you know, whatever you want to do. Uh, we've been going for about seven weeks now, so there's a lot that you can talk to us about. It doesn't have to be about this episode. You can just go ahead and reach out to us about anything. Maybe you've been in a coma for the last six weeks, and this is the first thing you've heard, and it changed your perspective on life. Tell us. Do whatever it takes. Um, and, uh, you know, most importantly, don't forget to change your underwear every single day. Bye-bye. See ya. Now. Professor Birch and I have something to give both of you. Awesome! A new Pokédex! Gotta watch them again is a rewatch type podcast. It is hosted by Paul, Johnson, Spencer, McKinnon, and other guests. This particular podcast can be found on Facebook and on Twitter at Gotta Catch Pod. You can email this podcast at gottacatchpodcast at gmail.com. One of the best ways to capture this type of podcast is to leave a five-star review on iTunes. This type of podcast appreciates you listening. 